Hey guys, this is me. Did you move today? A tu bouge aujourd'hui? Chatamechiste oji. Ivos, te moviste ora. Welcome to a Did you move today episode. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. In this episode, I have Sarah Wolf as my guest. She is a classically trained professional a ballet dancer and a ballet teacher. She's passionate about perpetuating the art form and educating dancers in a holistic, healthy, and fulfilling manner. She's a native of Northern Michigan, where she now teaches and directs the, the ballet program at Dance Arts Academy. She graduated from Canada's National Ballet School and danced with the National Ballet of Canada for eight years. Ballet met for one year, and she has been a freelance performer based in New York City and now in Traverse City. Uh, the stage is her source of freedom and understanding. While teaching is a deeply rewarding passion, she plans to explore for life. So without further ado, let's just get started. Great. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for being here. Problem. Again, as I was telling you, I'm happy that Dinah connected us. Um, and I would like to know about yourself, if you can tell me about yourself. Of course. Um <clears throat> It's difficult to, to define yourself in a matter of words, but I would say I'm an artist, uh, specifically a classical ballet dancer. Um, I've had a career as a performer and now I am a full-time ballet teacher and freelance ballet dancer. Um, I have the privilege of, of working with a wonderful student body in my hometown in Michigan. And um, yeah, feel very honored to be able to share what I've learned and what I continue to learn with this community of students. In a sentence or so, what's dance for you? I feel that dance is an um, act that the body is designed to do. I, I think dance is a critical and core function of the human mind, body, and soul. And I think that it's necessary and healthy and essential for the body to be able to express itself in the form of dance. Sarah, I know that you, you're from Northern Michigan. Um, uh -huh. And then you graduated from Canada's National Ballet School. How is yep. that? How did that happen? So you, you were here in, Mich in the US and then you decide to go to Canada or how, how did it, how did that happen? Um, it was sort of an interesting um matter of, of, I don't want to say uh, luck, but I am from this small town in Northern Michigan and um, the wonderful co-owners of the dance studio called Dance Arts Academy, where I grew up dancing. Um, Betsy Carr, uh, they are affiliated with um, the wonderful Marjorie Randa Randazzo, the late Marjorie Randazzo, who has a son, Anthony Randazzo, who was an alumni of Canada's National Ballet School and went on to become a principal dancer with the National Ballet of Canada. And so he would come to our little small town dance studio and guest teach. And he was able to recognize that I had some natural ability for classical ballet and he uh, recommended that I consider auditioning for Canada's National Ballet School and so I went ahead and I did so when I was 12 <laughs> and got accepted to the school and moved away from home and joined this uh, boarding school in a foreign country when I was 13 so going into grade eight so that's how it that's how it all went down and it seemed like the absolute right thing to do because I was 
absolutely passionate and in love with with ballet and it seemed like it seemed like a clear answer and not a lot of people get that lot well you're definitely talented but not a lot of people get that uh, for some people that's their dream to 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 get accepted into a national ballet school absolutely yeah I was very fortunate that everything sort of worked out this way Do you think any dancer can be a good dance teacher? I know you said that you currently are the director of the ballet program at Dance Arts Academy. And so I mm-hmm. want to know what are your thoughts? Do you think that any dancer can be a good dance teacher? Um, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think all humans are teachers. I think um, that is the nature of communication uh, as social animals. However, I think some people are more inclined to become teachers than others. Um, I have certainly studied with a great number of teachers. I've had phenomenal teachers and I have had teachers where I feel are less um, innately gifted at actually sharing and teaching. And so I 100% feel that um, any dancer can, can instruct and teach per se, but I... I um, I certainly experienced an innate calling to become a teacher from a young age, and I happen to love it very much. Um, I feel that it comes naturally to me. And I think that, you know, it's about that instinct, feeling inclined to do so or not, and realizing whether or not it's your calling. I have, I would like to switch gears and talk a little bit more about nutrition and cross training. And so I want to know what are your thoughts on as Mm -hmm. a professional dancer, do you have a specific diet? Uh, do you have, do you uh, do cross training? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, to all of those questions and so much of it, you learn along the way and on the journey. Um, certainly the dance community has become more and more exposed to healthy, healthy uh, choices and healthy lifestyles. And I think, I think we are evolving every day in terms of educating dancers and athletes alike, what's necessary to avoid injury and be proactive and have enough strength and energy to support the rigorous um, lifestyle as a performer that we have. Um, I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a full-time teacher now. I still perform. So my, my concept of nutrition has, has changed ever so slightly, but I nourish myself very well. And um, if I'm preparing for a performance and training uh, rigorously, I tend to stick to more of an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, <clears throat> diet is a, is a strong word as well. I'm not a big fan of the word diet because of its connotations. Mm-hmm. However, I tend to consume food, you know, low low in sugar and high in protein and lots of foods that have those anti-inflammatory properties. And this is also because I have been faced with a lot of injuries throughout my career. And you learn so much about foods that are going to literally either create inflammation and, and prolong the recovery process or reduce inflammation and make you feel like you have a healthy, functioning, well-oiled machine to work with. Um, that goes so directly hand in hand with uh, cross training. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you essentially just realize what 
you need in order to fuel your machine so that it can perform to the greatest um, degree, you know? So again, my injuries were Mm -hmm. the catalyst for me to uh, learn about cross training. I think I was in my early twenties, maybe 22 while I was a quarter ballet dancer in the national ballet of Canada. And I was faced with these chronic uh, knee injuries And one of my mentors, uh, ballet master with National Ballet, um, advised I needed to start strength training and actually build muscle mass on my legs in order to support these hypermobile joints that I have. And that absolutely changed my life. And I have not looked back. You know, that was almost 10 years ago. And cross training, I suppose that's a broad term. I've been doing Pilates since mm-hmm. I was in school, since I was 14 years old. Um, and the National Ballet School teaches so many different forms of floor work. And they have they have uh, movement experts like Irene Dowd come and teach um, these incredibly helpful exercises. But in terms of weightlifting, getting into a gym, squatting, and really, really building muscle mass and strength, Um, I started that not until I was in my 20s. And as I said, it changed my life and I continue it to this day. Um, I have a personal trainer here in Northern Michigan who I work with uh, twice a week. And on top of that, I I go to the gym on my own. And um, the value of strength training and cross training is, is incredible and it's worth its weight in gold. And I 100% um, vouch for cross training for all dancers no matter what your background is so <laughs> that's my unabbreviated answer no I'm glad you I'm glad you talk about how you also lift weights and you do pilates and like other things and not necessarily only dance because um as a dancer body the body has to get stronger um and so I, I'm happy you, you mentioned that now this brings me to my next two questions well first of all like it was it different to be in Canada than now being in the U.S. Do you feel like they the, both countries support dan support the arts um, the same or one more than the other one? And it brings me to the other question: um, Can we talk about pivot dancer? Uh, yes. Once again, yes to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll start with the uh, the differences between living in Canada versus living in the United States and having a career in either location. Um, 100% there are differences just for existing, whether you're a dancer or not. (laughs) It's interesting because I left home, um, I think it was almost 18 years ago, you know, as a 13 year old, and I only returned to this country about three years ago. So I essentially spent my formative years and my most of my adult life in Canada. Um, as far as the appreciation for the art form of dance, I don't know if, if there's that much of a difference in that respect. I think, you know, the healthcare system in, for anybody is, is a huge difference, you know. So I, I certainly felt very supported living in Canada um, and having access to a medical support mm-hmm. team. <clears throat> and that can be a challenge. There, that's a big challenge living in the United States. Um, 
And I don't want to discredit how how many people choose to run their companies here because I think American directors are doing the best that they can for the most part with with the resources that they have. <clears throat> the healthcare system that we are unfortunate to be faced with in this country and obviously that ties so directly into the the COVID-19 pandemic is the the inaccessibility of resources you know so it's it's a broad it's a very very broad topic um again i'm extrapolating but um i think the art form is very appreciated mm -hmm. in both countries um and i think it's definitely a challenge to be a dancer in in, um, in an american company the seasons are typically shorter and then you're left with less resources when you're um, on a layoff or over the summer for three to four months, it's more difficult to um, be able to tap into things like physiotherapy or massage therapy or these cross trainers or whatnot. Um, About what pivot dancer, because <laughs> pivot is from Canada, so and they, <clears throat> so I, I want to know yes. about it. So pivot dancer is is like the answer to our prayers um this because it's a digital uh format um it really has the potential to be a resource a global resource for uh dancers of all demographics of all ages of all socioeconomic means um so it's an accessible resource for so much information and i do think that there is a bit of a void in that or that has, there has been a void in that department up until the creation of Pivot Dancer mm -hmm. quite recently. And I think that the potential for what P Pivot Dancer um, can offer is, is profound and it has definitely has the potential to be a game changer for many, many dancers, whether you're a student or a professional. And so I think it's very exciting to be able to um, contribute to the development of this initiative and um, and yeah I think it's going to be a very valuable resource. Now I would like to uh, talk about COVID-19 because I know you mentioned COVID-19. Um, what have you realized during COVID-19? I've seen that there are a lot of uh, <clears throat> professional dancers offering dance classes. Uh, do you think that that is a good thing? Um, I do. I really do. I think that um, this is obviously an unprecedented situation, whether the writing was on the wall or not. It, it definitely demarcates a, a paradigm shift and there's not much we can do other than surrender to what's out of our control. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I think people are, are demonstrating um, a side of themselves that has to do with generosity and support for one another and, and community involvement. And I think making these amazing resources acceptable and free is 100% the right thing to do given the extenuating circumstances, you know, and there's so many unknowns and I think it's, it would be ludicrous to, to lock everything up and say, unless you pay this much money, you know, you're not, mm -hmm able to access these resources and dancers are doing it. Musicians are doing it. You know, some people are asking for donations, which I think is amazing. If you have the means to contribute financially to these artists who are offering 
their work. I think that's wonderful. Um, and I, I certainly think that artists, the value of artists' work is not to be undermined. But uh, I feel like it's a demonstration of the collective um, good in humanity. You know, there's this global generosity and when we're constricted to our, the confines of our homes, I think we'd all be losing our minds if there was <laughs> less accessibility here. And I think that these standards will obviously shift when, when the shutdown you know, expires, yeah. obviously, we'll have to start paying for these things again. And I think there's, there's a unanimous agreement for the matter. I don't think that this is, I don't think we're in jeopardy of, of decreasing the value of our work. And I think it's beautiful that people are um, exhibiting this much generosity. And, and I have to say, uh, Sarah, that you're multi-talented. I, I was watching your stories and you also play the piano. So I was like, wow, she's not only a dancer, <laughs> she also plays the piano. I check your CV. I also see that you speak Spanish. Is that, is that correct? I speak a little bit of Spanish. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm fluent, but I can definitely get by. And that's because um, that's because of going to the ballet school. My two best friends are from Mexico City and Santa Fe, Argentina. And, you know, I, w I helped them with nice. their English homework when they hardly spoke English. And they helped me learn Spanish. And, um, yeah, many, many good things come from living a life as a dancer. Yeah. I have two more questions for you because I want to be very mindful of your time. Um, my first question is, did you move today? Did I move today? Uh, I did. Not a mm -hmm. whole lot. <laughs> I do plan um, on doing an online um, workout. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But one thing I did do today was a um, guided meditation. I don't know if you're familiar yes. with yoga nidra. Yeah. But Okay. So I did a 26-minute um, systematic body scan and relaxation exercise, and I felt that that was what my body needed this morning as opposed to an intense workout. And I would definitely advocate for um, the practice of these body awareness exercises, whether you want to call it meditation mm -hmm. or not. Um, I think that these are profoundly helpful for anybody, especially dancers, because the mind-body awareness is paramount in what we do. But in terms of navigating these very strange days right now, I'm finding it extremely, I'm, I'm finding it a lifeline in order for me to temper the stress and the anxiety and <clears throat> and check in with myself and how I'm feeling. This goes, this goes to my, my next question. Um, I actually enjoy yoga nidra a lot. Uh, what's movement for you? Oh, amazing. Uh, movement for me. Um, <clears throat> movement for me is like my lifeblood. It's an essential um, function of, of my body. And if I don't move, boy, do I, <laughs> I become somebody I don't recognize, you know, it's, It's, or if you're injured, you have to be creative and find ways of moving in, in a non-damaging um, way. But movement for me is like drinking water and, and eating brunch. It's extremely mm -hmm. important to me. Um, yeah, just take my body. The body is so mutable and 
its needs, like I said before, change every day. So movement, whether it's yoga or stretching or cross training or dancing is an absolutely essential part of my lifestyle. And I see how movement delights people from all walks of the earth, you know, whether you're trained or if it's completely improvised, like spontaneous, um, free form movement, call it dance or whatever you want. I just think that it's like I said before, I think it was the first question or the second question, what dance means to me or what mm -hmm. I feel defines dance. I think it's an essential function of who we are as human beings. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that people are, are appreciating what movement and dance can do in the face of this crisis. I think it's providing people with a lot of relief. Sarah, where can we find you online? I know you have a beautiful website. Oh, thank you. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I do have a website. Uh, <clears throat> it's sort of uh, curated for my professional performance um, identity, as well as uh, my teaching um, resume, so mm -hmm. to speak. But my website is uh, sarahelenawolf.com. I am on Instagram. Um, and I'm on Facebook. I use Instagram a little bit more. But um do you need my Instagram handle? Yeah, so that everybody can follow you. I'll, I'm still going to make sure to put Ooh. it in the – right next to your biography, but yeah. – Okay. <laughs> Let me just make sure I know what it is. It's at Sarah with an H underscore Elena E-N-A underscore Wolf with two Fs. Yeah, so Sarah underscore Elena underscore Wolf. Great. Sarah, is there anything Correct. else that you would like to share? Any advice for the listeners? Um, you know, I think that these questions were extremely, um, well-rounded and, and nice and eclectic. Uh, one thing I will say is that a couple of the things I've seen circula circulating on social media have, have reflected people feeling pressured to be so productive with this time off that we have sort of this reclusive um, a forced opportunity. And I think that there's a lot of value in, in restorative work and rest and introspective work. Um, and I'm all about being productive and taking capitalizing on this opportunity, but I would also advocate for people to embrace this opportunity to slow down and to reflect and not feel pressured or burdened by the fast-paced like urgency that we're normally faced with because this is not a normal situation you know and we have to honor that and acknowledge it and and see that it's an opportunity for us to sort of press a reset button and um, rest and restorative work like I said is something that I really never understood the the value in and the significance of until later on in my career. And it's something that my mother, my late mother always um, encouraged me to embrace and I never listened to her. And finally, when I started embracing the concept of, of rest and letting all the work soak in and allowing time for the work to caramelize and digest, I, I was just blown away by the, the results. And so I would just as a friendly reminder, invite people to consider 
how productive it can be to do to do less and maybe think more intellectually um, or find find a balance I would say stay healthy stay fit stay active and also find that balance of of rest thank you very much Sarah thank you very much again for your time Um, and I'm again I'm happy that Dinah connected us and um, for the listeners you can take classes with Sarah so make sure to follow her on Instagram I hope that you guys like this episode and if you haven't moved you still have a couple hours Sarah anything else I think that's everything thank Thank you you so much, much Andrea My pleasure. Bye.